Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, right now, we are giving away 100 bucks to Optimum Golf. They have two locations, one in the Park Hill neighborhood, the other one in the Rhino neighborhood. While you're out there, you can play on their virtual golf set. They have a number of different bays. You can play all kinds of courses like Pebble or Torrey Pines. You can play Augusta National if you want to. Or you can get a private lesson as well. That $100 gift certificate, what is that going to do? It'll be one lesson with my friend Kyle. Or you can, he's a PGA pro and a really good one. Or you can go to one of the bays and play 18 holes. And for a single person, you could probably do that in about an hour. And that's what the gift certificate would be used for. Also, go out there and have a private party. You can play in their leagues or tournaments. They have award-winning pros like Kyle as well. Keep your game fine-tuned this winter at Optimum Golf in the Park Hill or Rhino neighborhoods or go to theoptimumgolf.com to make your tee time today. First caller, 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mace, the Broncos' defense was outstanding against the Lions. Now, in all fairness, the Lions' offense is not very good. They were all banged up, and they had a bunch of guys out because of COVID. So, was the Broncos' defense great because they're playing really well or because of the team they were playing? It's a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos' defense now... Over a broader sample size, it is pretty good. In the last seven games, they're giving up 15 points a game. The defenses, so that doesn't count like a pick six on the scoreboard. The only teams in the last eight weeks that are giving up fewer points than the Broncos per game are New England and Kansas City. So if you're top three in points allowed, that's, a, that's pretty good. Their right. red zone their red zone defense, I mean, again, you're facing a Lions team that... Uh, you know, that didn't have all, all the parts available. But the red zone defense only allowed 10 of a possible 21 points yesterday. That's really good. Right. With that, there's a lot of talk now with the Broncos sitting at 7-6. and six. If they win this game on Sunday against the Bengals, they will be 8-6. and six. That's the math I just put together on the fly. You got the abacus out for that one, huh? I did. And then they have three games left, and I think they have one winnable game for sure against the Raiders, and then they either have to beat the Chiefs or the Chargers to get the 10 wins. You and I have both talked about it. We talked about it during the break. If the Broncos don't make the playoffs, I don't believe Vic Fangio keeps his job. But let's say they are 10-7, and and the defense is playing really well, and they don't make the playoffs. Take the Russell Wilson equation out of it. Should Fangio keep his job because of what he does defensively, knowing that Pat Shermer is not going to be back and Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be back. Well, there'd have to be a frank talk about what's the plan at offensive coordinator and what's the plan at quarterback. Now, the thing is, if keeping Vic Fangio means 
you've got less of a chance of getting Russell Wilson then, and you're not bringing Bridgewater back, then you really are in a scenario where you're kind of repeating what you had this past year, except you're going to have a first-round pick in there. And is that a great situation to say, okay, well, we're going to run it back with Vic and we're going to sign, let's say, Andy Dalton, okay? Andy Dalton, and then we're going to pick Matt Corral from Mississippi. Yep. Is that the most ideal of situations for a coach who really would be, even after this season, who really would be, again, coaching for his job? Right. This coming year. And what offensive coordinator are you going to get? I mean, the, the, the weird thing is that if they did bring Vic back, do you put another year on his contract? No. Can't no. The reason why is... I understand he's a lame duck guy. You, you're trying to affirm him, and you're also trying to attract the offensive coordinator that you want. Right. If you're moving on from Shermer. If you threw another year on Vic Fangio's contract, you're probably more likely to get a better offensive coordinator. Yeah. Someone who's who who is who would have options, right? And so it might in that case, it might be worth it to do that. And also that would be a way of showing some grace to Fangio, since that scenario could potentially involve a rookie quarterback playing substantial reps at some point in twenty twenty two. I don't know how much George Payton talks to the players. I don't know how much he talks to, for lack of a better phrase, the Broncos players executive committee of veterans. But he really should. And the reason why I say this is, if Vic Fangio got let go, it is my understanding that I don't think there are going to be a lot of guys banging the table saying, I can't believe you let go of Vic. Not even on the defensive side. Is that a question, or are you saying that as a matter of fact? Well, I'm just I'm asking you because I, I know what the answer is, but I think it's worth bringing up in the discussion so you can share. If I say not my counter, not even on the defensive side? I think that I think it would probably be on the defensive side for sure. The question is, if you brought in a new defensive coordinator, here. Let, or a let, defensive head coach. Let, let, oh, you're referring to Dan Quinn. So let's look at it this way. The Broncos defense in 2014 was the same cast of characters as 2015 with the exception of Darian Stewart. Same guys. And we saw the jump that they took from 14 to 15 with Wade Phillips. Do you think the Broncos have enough talent where they are, A, just as good as this year, better or potentially worse? On defense? Yep. I think the likelihood is they'd be worse. Reason being, you're looking at some expiring contracts. No, I'm saying same yeah. talent. I'm saying the same same ta talent level. Same talent level. I think I think they'd be worse. I think Fan I think Vic Fangio, his scheme does maximize guys for the most part. Yeah. I think you'd lose something. I don't think this would be like going from Jack Del Rio to Wade Phillips. I think you'd lose something in the translation. Now let's say it's Dan Quinn. 
Dan Quinn had an excellent defense with Seattle when he had the Legion of Boom. He has got an excellent defense now. But right. then again, he has the luxury of a Swiss Army knife in Micah Parsons. And in Seattle, he had the luxury of having the Legion of Boom, a secondary which probably has two home, which had two Hall of Famers in it, and probably Bobby Wagner, another Hall yeah. of Famer, playing on the second line defense. Right. And to be frank and fair, while this Broncos defense has some good parts, does it have the same level of talent? Now you have Draymond Jones who is once again emerging. Mm -hmm. Pat Sertan looks like he's going to be one of the best corners in football. Justin Simmons is a very good safety. But you've also got some, let's face it, some questions at that second line of defense. Here, here, linebacker spot. Here's a crazy question for you. And it's rhetorical as much as anything else. Did Bradley Chubb play yesterday? He did. Oh, because I remember hearing his name called once. Bradley Chubb has now gone seven games played without a sack. And I heard yeah. Caden Stern's name more. You heard I, Draymond Jones's name a lot. No, no, you no, heard no, Shelby. no, no, that, that, that's obvious. Yes. That's obvious. Bra- and Bradley we'll talk Chubb, about that later Bradley on. Bradley Chubb had his first quarterback hit of the season yesterday, but he did not have a sack. He was invisible. And honestly, um, if you have to, here, the Broncos are going to be giving up draft capital to either move up in the draft or get Russell Wilson. And you know what they're seriously missing? A pass uh, rusher now. Yeah, they are. And if if it's all about getting the quarterback, they're not going to get that. Did that Malik Reed play yesterday? COVID. That's right. No, COVID I, knew, list. I knew that. Yeah, in fact, uh, everyone on the COVID list, according to Vic Fangio, has symptoms. So that means it's not really a, it's it's not really a guarantee that any of them are back for the game next Sunday against Cincinnati. I mean, Br- Bradley Chubb this year, and yes, he was fighting injury That's early right, this Malik year. That's right, Jackson was out. Bradley Chubb, four games played this year, really, really three and a half games because he played half a game against Jacksonville. Three and a half games, no sacks, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit. He's going to play on the fifth-year option next year, but yep. he has not yet shown that he can be that primary guy. I mean, really, if you can't get Russell Wilson, but you've said we're going to go get one of these young quarterbacks next year. Our resources are, say say that Russell Wilson doesn't happen, Aaron Rodgers doesn't happen. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is happening. Yeah. You know, listening to the broadcast last they night. They were talking about him coming back. Now, there's yeah. there's going to have, there is a lot of work to be done on that contract yep. to squeeze him back in. Yep. But as we have seen with, They'll New, find a way we to have do seen it. with the New Orleans Saints over the years, yes, they will find a way to do it. Just like we can't dismiss the Saints for Russell Wilson because they always find a way to squeeze in. This is a little different. It's a little yeah. different when you are sixty-five something million over right. the cap. Yes, big different. Coming up after the break, we've been saying for a while that neither of us believe now that Teddy Bridgewater is the right quarterback for the Broncos moving forward in the next season. He's the best quarterback on the roster. He's the right guy for this team right now because there are only three options. With that, did he do anything in yesterday's game? to potentially change your mind that maybe Bridgewater is a good option for next year. That's next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Colorado Off-Road. They have all the major accessory brands for your truck, your car, your Jeep, your SUV. When you buy from Colorado Off-Road, they're going to install everything. They can get you something as well. Aftermarket with the holidays coming up, get something for yourself or get a gift for somebody else. Now is the perfect time as the snow will eventually hit the ground and you're going to wish you had gone to Colorado Off-Road. So go right now. Again, you can find them in Littleton. They are Colorado grown, Colorado owned, Colorado Off-Road. Go find them in Littleton. You'll be glad you did or go online, cooffroad.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, we've been saying for a while that we probably don't believe that Teddy Bridgewater, after this pretty good sample size now, is the right quarterback moving forward for next year. Perfectly fine for this year with what they have. Yep. Best option that they have this year. Right. But not worthy of a significant contract beyond this year. Correct. Did he do anything in yesterday's game to change your mind? No. He did something to change my mind. Really? Yeah. Good or bad? Bad. Taking the sack? No. Goodness gravy. When you have guys like Tim Patrick, specifically Jerry Judy, and specifically Cortland Sutton, who are really good after the catch... And you are throwing the ball to them where they can't run after the catch, or you're throwing it low and they have to dive to the ground. You are wasting talent out there. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Was that one that he threw behind Jerry Judy? Remember that? Yes. That Judy couldn't get to? Forget about yeah. throwing behind, throwing it to a spot where I know only he can get it, but the guy has to dive to the ground. When Bill Walsh was the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, he would run drills with Joe Montana. And Joe Montana had to throw it about, I don't know, a half a foot in front of the wide receiver in stride. And if Joe Montana did not do that, Bill Walsh would consider that a failed pass attempt. Failed pass attempt. Those were the standards set by Bill Walsh for Joe Montana, and then for Steve Young. I mean, you wish every pass could be like the fan, the one he threw Noah Fant, right? Yes. That that was a great catch. That was a great throw. And I understand More that, of that I understand that Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. is not Steve Young or Joe Montana. But the yards that you are wasting, the talent that you are wasting, Bridgewater threw a pass to Jerry Judy finally in stride, and Judy took off like a rocket. No, he didn't go to the end zone but he got a lot of extra yards after it. And Bridgewater is wasting this. And if you can't find a way to get your wide receivers involved, I understand it's great to get a guy like Javante Williams involved in the offense in the passing game when he has that spin move near the end zone, which was 
nothing short of high IQ brilliant. I get that. But you have Speed and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton that you just aren't taking advantage of, or you're just not taking advantage of Cortland Sutton at all. I mean, you are an NFL quarterback, and you should be throwing to guys in stride. What do you think that George Payton is, is sitting there thinking as he watches Cortland Sutton? You know what he's thinking? I can tell One you what catch he's... for nine yards yesterday, t- only twice targeted. I know what he's thinking. What he's thinking is, I better get on the road and start looking at quarterbacks. In case you can't get one of these stud or, veterans. Or at, or at the very least, back channel with Russell Wilson's agents. Yes. Or, let's see what's going on in Green Bay. I mean, you want to be able to go vertical, right? I mean, it, it sort of it, it, it hits me sometimes that... If you're if you're trying to go vertical and set up your guys to to make plays, that you could plug in a Sam Howell, and he could do better in terms of maximizing the receivers that are there right now. I used this analogy last week, and if you weren't listening to the show, I'll use it again. The Broncos' quarterback situation is the movie Tin Cup. Drew Locke is Tin Cup. And Teddy Bridgewater is David Sims. To which Tin Cup, while he lost the U.S. Open, famously said to David Sims, nice par, David, playing it safe. Sims finished second in the tournament, though. He did? Yeah, so he got a lot more money. I mean, look... Golf isn't like football, okay? Because in football, you have two teams. One wins and one loses. In golf, you have a tournament of, that starts with, what, 144 players? And only one wins. Yeah, no, no, but what I'm referring to is... I know what you're referring One guy to. plays it safe. Yes. Okay? Always looking for par. And then the other guy is always looking for eagle. Yeah. And, and how did that work last year? With the guy who was always looking to, uh, to get to the green in two. Right. It did. Again, I mean... Here, like, both of these things are true. Teddy Bridgewater is the best quarterback on the roster for the Broncos. He is their best chance of being a playoff team. No question. And Teddy Bridgewater is not somebody you build around. No. And I think we've been consistent about this on the show, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I don't know if people hear the nuance in what is being said, to be fair. Because they, there's a popular perception that any defensive Bridgewater means that you want him to be the long-term quarterback. And no, we haven't been saying that here. No, not at all. It was so aggravating. Bridge watching, is the apt term. It was so aggravating watching yesterday's game, watching Bridgewater throw passes low where yeah. a guy basically had to go on the ground in order to catch it. I said in the last segment of the show, and I'll say it again. If you're not a Teddy Bridgewater fan, don't worry about it because he's not going to be back next year. Because Not can, at the cost that he wants. I, I, even if he was less money, I can promise you one thing. There is no way Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton would have signed extensions knowing that Teddy Bridgewater was the number one option for George Payton next year. Those guys aren't producing on the field because Teddy is afraid to take those type of chances and doesn't give them opportunities enough when those guys are targeted to run after the catch. 
and I'll repeat it again. There's no way Patrick or Sutton would have re-signed to a long-term deal if they felt that George Payton wasn't going in another direction. No way. Would you? The way things are going, no, because you're a receiver. You want to get the ball. Right. And look. And by the way, yeah. both those guys would have gotten yeah. paid on the open market. Too. They would have. They would have. And look, there are a fair amount of quarterbacks on balance that are worse than Teddy Bridgewater. No question. I mean, I went through nine metrics earlier today. ESPN QBR, turnover rate, passer rating, completion percentage over expected, expected points added per play, etc. Right? You took all of those and you got the average ranking among 32 quarterbacks of where Bridgewater stands, 15th. He is a mid-tier quarterback. But here's the thing. In terms of roster management in a salary cap world, the danger zone for roster building is when you pay a second or third tier quarterback big money. Like there's a huge gap, by the way, between Tom Brady, who's at $25 million per year, and the next quarterback, which is at $14 million a year. There is no quarterback middle class in this league at this point. And because there is no quarterback middle class, then paying $25 million for the production of Teddy Bridgewater, that would be a fool's errand. If you could get him back for $14 million or $12 million, fine. That's perfectly fine for a year as long as you're bridging the gap to somebody else. But, that's not, but that does not appear to be in play. And because of though, because Bridgewater's camp can point to the data and say, well, this guy's a mid-tier quarterback, the cliche, all it takes is one to say yes, Somebody will probably say yes to that. It won't be the Broncos. I am not complaining about the Broncos' seven and six record, so please don't take it that way. Considering what we have seen, starting in 2016, although I believe in 2016 through 13 games, the Broncos were eight and five. Yes. With that, 2017 on. Let's just go there. The Broncos are playing a meaningful game. Six days before Christmas, which is something very few people outside of Dove Valley probably thought was possible. With that, I'm going to ask you this. To me, the Broncos record reflects their quarterback. Okay? And this is what I mean. We will start it on October 17th. They play on Sunday. That's December 19th. So that's a two-month sample size when you throw in the bye. I'm going to give you three choices. Above average, average, or below average. Okay? Okay. October 17th, Broncos are 3-3. Three and three. Which one is it? How Teddy plays or how the team? No. Th- one of three answers. Above average, below average, or, or average. But what are we measuring? The quality of play? The no, just the play? record alone. Just the record. Forget about the game. I'm talking about the record only. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're average. Okay. Next game, they're 3-4. and four. Are Below they average. Below average. See, I don't know if I'd say, see, three and five is below average. I'd call three and four. You can't be 500, but. I'd call that average. I would. Okay. okay? So 
Next game, they're four and four. What are they? They're average. Next game, they're five and four. What are they? A little bit below, a little bit above average. Next game, they're five and five. What are they? Average. What next game, they're six and five. What are they? A little bit above average. Next game, they're six and six. What are they? Average. Their record reflects their quarterback. Average. Average is better than what we have seen since 2017. I get it. But their record directly reflects what they have in the quarterback position. So did last year's record, too. 5-11? Yeah. Yeah. You could Way say below that. average. Locke lingered in the bottom five, six quarterbacks actually, across the board actually, last year. Actually, I'll respectfully disagree. You think they were better than the quarterback last year? No, what I'm saying is a 5-11, and 11, when you look at how Locke played last year. They should have been worse? Yes. If you're bottom five in the league, then you have a top five draft pick. So if you have a if you have a quarterback, and they were one game away, they were one win away from picking the top five. So if you take if you take that Carolina game, fine, and they lose it instead of win, right? They're picking fifth, fine. Four and twelve, that does it for me. That sums up Locke last year, not five and eleven. It's just one game. But if you're saying it's a top five pick and he's a bottom five quarterback, then that's an apples to apples. And they're seven and six this year. And I just gave you all those numbers that when you take the average ranking of all of them, 15th. There you go. That's seven and six, right? Well, according to your metric, is above average because they're 32 quarterbacks. Well, they're, he's one game over. He's mid tier, though. And the thing that we know, <laughs> no, that's why I use the term mid tier. Yeah. Because when it comes to quarterbacks, there's a muddled middle. And when it comes to teams, there's a muddled middle. I mean, you've right. basically got half the league practically that is playing between six and seven and seven and six football right now. Right. And the Broncos, by the way, their next two games are against two teams in that muddled middle, although the Bengals seem to have a lot more hope and uh, spryness than the Raiders do. You excited about the way Draymond Jones played yesterday? Oh, well, you yeah. should be, but not so fast. Sound Lee Corso there. Not so fast, my friend. Well, he was an Indiana head coach, and I went to Indiana. With that, I know you're excited about Draymond Jones, but not so fast. We'll tell you why next. This man, this dutiful man, he's got this mixed up Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. A little bit of a breaking breaking news, kind of. A, this is on an NFL level. This is from Mike Garofalo of NFL Network. We've seen a lot of COVID-positive tests around the league lately, right? Today, according to sources, 37, and yeah, we've seen this on Twitter, solid. 37 positive tests around the league. And Seth Williams of the Broncos, by the way, rookie on the practice squad, also joined three other players on the COVID list. Well, one of the things that, about that, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network reporting that all of their Tier 1 and Tier 2 staff, which includes coaches, all have to get their boosters 
between now and December 27th if they haven't already gotten them. Hmm. And players have been getting boosters. Teams have been setting up days sure. for players to get their COVID you boosters. You and I both got our boosters. Yes. When we go My to- 5G was fading. I need, I need a little pick-me-up there. Oh. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Draymond Jones was absolutely fantastic yesterday, but there was one series which everybody remembers, but I'll just remind you of, in which he was ridiculously good (laughs) on a uh, third-quarter series of four plays. He had a sack tackle for loss, and then he batted down a pass with his face. Finished the day with two sacks. Uh, He has four sacks in his last four games, but he suffered a foot injury. And Vic Fangio says the injury is still being evaluated. With that, it's exciting to get excited about Draymond Jones, who is doing what we thought he would be doing all season. He's coming on late. But this is a pretty significant loss, potentially, if he doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the fact that, there's still some doubt here, and then Vic Fangio did not have an answer today. Usually he's got an answer on the severity of these injuries by the day after press conference. And so this is a little bit nerve-wracking here because you can say, I think with some certainty, that among all the players on the front seven, not just the defensive line, but the front he's their seven. He's best pass rusher. Yes, He's their best, and by the way, interior pass rushers are very hard to find, and he's an effective interior pass rusher. But even but taking in the stuff we talked about earlier with the linebackers, both inside and outside, he's the Broncos' best front seven player. And if you don't have him on Sunday, Joe Burrow is probably going to have more time to throw than you would like. Yeah, and that's potentially troublesome well he's also a pretty good tackler as well and he throw in Mixon, and um, that's a pretty good one-two punch and teams have been gashing the broncos up the middle in part because as vic fangio point out today even though we've seen some sparks from the linebackers that they brought in kenny young baron browning he said that the run defense has not been the same since they lost both Josie Shule and Alexander Johnson. I have a great... And they got gashed yesterday. I have a great article idea for you. I understand the systems are different. Yes. I understand they're playing for different teams. Uh-huh. But I am guessing Pat Sertan has played plenty against Jamar Chase, Alabama LSU. Why don't you go into your library and see how they did against each other one-on-one. I'll have to go see if I can find, see if the games exist somewhere in the internet ether. I'm sure they do. To find those matchups. And that would be a fascinating matchup because you know what? I think that would be the matchup. You can argue that uh, two of the three best rookies in the NFL this year are going to be on display. And there are a lot of good rookies. Yeah, but the best one will not be. Right. But the best one we did see. But the best one we saw in, in Micah Parsons. He should be, you know what? The, sec- the second best one, though, is probably, and yeah, I know people are talking about Mac Jones, New England, and all that. Second best rookie in the league is Jamar Chase. Yeah. And he's putting together a rookie season for a wide receiver in terms of per catch efficiency that uh, we haven't seen since Randy Moss back in 1998. And oh, by the way, when the Bengals, the, when the chips were down and they're, and they're trying to tie the game, it was Jamar Chase. And by the way, defenses are shading toward Jamar Chase 
and he's still making big plays when it matters the most. They have a good receiving core. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins are very good compliments, and they can beat you. But Jamar Chase is special, and so that's why like, it's a, I think that's a good idea to, to, to see if I can find those uh, snaps because the Chase Pat Sertan matchup yeah. isn't just the best potential matchup in this game. It might be the best one-on-one matchup in any game in the league this week against yeah. two rookies. And I, what a couple of years ago they they faced each other in the uh, championship game, didn't they? Didn't LSU? Well, play the, the teams faced ago? each other. You have to go find and see right. who Pat Sertan was lining up against. That's I'm why sure, it's gonna, I'm sure it's, it was Jamar Chase, not Jefferson. It was Chase. It was Chase. You're Don't sure you? based on what? Well, unless 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 Nick, Nick Saban plays, plays zones, plays zones or plays side of the field. Yeah, that's why I think he's got to take and look uh, matchup by matchup and see what happened. By the way, on a side note, I yeah. just looked this up: Has a defensive rookie ever won Defensive Player of the Year award? Well, they separated those out a long time ago. No, no, had no, no. Has a rookie? Ever won defensive, oh, defensive player, player of, the of the year? Don't look it up. Get your hands off the keyboard. Well, I want to answer the question for you. Do, do you know the answer? No, I don't know off the top of my head. No, because I do. Well, then tell me. Lawrence Taylor back in 1981, and that could be Micah Parsons. I know you're smart, but don't, you don't get the help of the computer. Why not? It's no, here. no, no, because you're smart enough where you shouldn't have to use it. I don't have all the defensive players of the year. You already sound smarter than me. You should not have the advantage of Google. But I'm sure you looked that up earlier. No, I knew that. Off the top of your head. Yeah. You did? Yes. Really? Well, God, you make me sound like I'm I'm completely unknowledgeable and I'm a total jackass. No, I don't know. I'm not. Eric, you knew that? I can't believe it. That really hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. I didn't mean You must think you work with a real knucklehead that doesn't know sports. You knew that? You knew that? I didn't think I can't believe you of all people. I didn't think anybody who wasn't a Giants fan in 1981 would have known that off the top of their head. That's not why. Because Micah Parsons is on point. He is on track to win Player of the Year awards. The Player of the Year award for for the best defensive player of the year. So I looked it up weeks ago. Uh Yes. So you did look it up. Weeks ago. Yeah. So there you go. You did look it up. Right, because I had enough foresight to look beyond the horizon line, and I think we're on this track. What do we have coming up on Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it? A Sports Illustrated piece about a struggling first-year coach and the CSU men's basketball team, 10-0 and undefeated. They have broken into the AP poll rankings. We'll tell you where they are next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Broncos. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. By the way, um, I might say this more than a few times this week. I'm not breaking any news. I'm just giving you a personal opinion, and we'll move on. Skyline Chili is incredibly overrated. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Masterpiece Roofing. Find out how Masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof. Call 720-242-6404 or go to masterpieceroofing.com today. I like the way that they serve it over spaghetti, though. That's a, that's a nice change. Yeah, basically, I mean, it's it's kind of like a, it's it's kind of like a, a different take on spaghetti. And actually, um, it or, originated with some Greek restaurants. And there's something called Greek spaghetti that you can get at some like Greek restaurants down I know in Tarpon Springs, Florida, where my parents are, for example, which has kind of a similar vibe to it. Can I read something that isn't brand new on Twitter, but very rarely do I see a athlete go after a media member. Okay. But Shelby Harris went after Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post today. Shelby puts out on Twitter, to all media, stop using DT in your columns to talk about a playoff run. Can we just mourn the person first, please? To which Ryan quote tweeted, Garrett Bowles volunteered to talk to the media on Friday saying, quote, we're going to put number 88 in our hearts, and hopefully he gives us that juice and he gives us that desire to go make the playoffs. That's what I feel like we need to do for him, and hopefully we can do that. Shelby responded to Ryan. Hmm. You always have something to say, huh? Yes, we could talk about him because he was, in all caps, our teammate. We swear we bleed together. Y'all over here just trying to get clicks. Cut the blank, Ryan. Wow. And then Ryan responded, in this case, yes, just presenting the facts. Why wouldn't we mention that comment? A, it was insightful. B, it was said by a former teammate. But hey, we're just the bad guys. To which Shelby responded, quote, not worth my time. Now, after the Shelby's Bra- one of the good guys, but yeah. so is Ryan. But here's the thing. After the Browns game, Ryan O'Halloran asked a question that Shelby got really upset about. Oh, there you go. So there's a what there's, was the question? I can't even remember what it was. There's a little bit of a history there. Oh, like okay. he asked and he said Shelby said something like, "Well, you would ask that question, right?" Oh, jeez. Yeah, and it was a little They're both good guys, too. That's that, that's I, the shame. But you know what it's like? It's like professional wrestling. You never see two good guys in the ring together. There's got to be a good guy and a bad guy. These are both good guys. But there's another thing also to consider and I think this is the sort of thing that happens when there's not locker room access. Yeah. And you can't like talk to guys one on one. Fair. Because everything just comes out in the press conferences, yeah. and that's what we've lost. An emotionally charged weekend for everyone, I'm yeah. sure, uh, in and around that building. Just in case you missed it, the CSU Rams men's basketball team is 10-0, and ranked number 23 in the country. Arizona, 9-0, and USC, 10-0, and Iowa State, 10-0, and ranked 8, 10, and 11, respectively. And CSU has wins over Creighton, St. Mary's, and most recently Mississippi State, so they haven't just beaten up on uh, a bunch of nobodies. Should they be higher? 
I think it's fine where they're at. Good for them. At the end of the day, it all comes down to the tournament, where you're ranked. Keep on winning. You're going to move on up. You know what? CSU is on the move. Yeah. With college basketball, and I love me some Tad Boyle. CU's had some great seasons. They're not CSU, and I love the hire of their new head coach, Jay Interbell. And look, the only ranking that really matters is the net ranking that they use for the NCAA tournament, and CSU is number 24 in that right now. That shows that their wins have had registered value-wise on the computer. That puts them in good shape. Just in case you missed it, Sports Illustrated published a piece. Urban Meyer meets with Jaguars owner Shad Khan after loss to Tennessee, in which Jacksonville was shut out, suffered their fifth straight loss. So the future might be a little murky for Urban Meyer. Uh, Do you guys think that he will be... A, with the Jaguars next year, B, back in college, or C, not coaching next year? I don't think that Khan, who has chased Meyer for all of these years, is ready to give up on him. But Meyer has made it so toxic with his coaches, saying reportedly from a report over the weekend, I'm a winner and all of you are losers. That's what he said to his coaches. I don't know how you do trust falls after that. I don't think there's I, I don't think there's any way he's going to survive to next season. I think there's just there's too much damage that's been done. And even though Shad Khan had pursued Meyer for a long time, won him for a long time, I think he I, I think he's facing basically an organizational mutiny here. I think point. I think that Khan needs to make a choice. Does he want to keep Urban Meyer? Or does he want to totally stunt the growth of Trevor Lawrence? Right. I mean, you think to all the better things that could have situations could happen. You could move on from Meyer, and you could probably have Doug Peterson coaching your team. And oh, by the way, if you move on from Urban Meyer because of Trevor Lawrence, that is considered a very attractive job. No question. No question. Questions uh, for Urban Meyer also about the use of James Robinson. That's something that Trevor Lawrence has brought up. And he's called out. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Trevor Lawrence was uh, – I'm not saying he intentionally had a bad game yesterday, but I think he's he's reached a breaking point there with Meyer. Yeah. And, he's sta- and also, his teammates love that because he's standing up for one of his teammates. Well, he's not going anywhere. Right. He's he, going to last in Jacksonville, barring injury far longer than Urban Meyer. He will be there for the rest of his career if he plays like many people think he can play. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that was Masterpiece Roofing. Just in case you missed it, a buddy of mine had over $30,000 worth of hail damage. So what did he do? Went with Masterpiece Roofing, and Masterpiece Roofing got his insurance company to pick up the entire bill minus a $500 deductible. That's the type of company you want to work with. You also want to work with a company that was voted Denver's best roofing company. That's what Masterpiece Roofing is. Alex, great job today, and a big shout-out to you wearing your 88 jersey today. Danny... You're wearing a T-shirt. As I always do. I know. Mace, again, another Man City jersey. Not jersey. It's a, it's a Sweat, track suit. Track suit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I'm very more, comfortable. And I and I dress poorly every day. I'll so stop I, it. I should not be You've worn that me. blue and uh, gray windbreaker quite a bit. I have three windbreakers yeah. that I wear on the golf course, and I rotate them if I want to I've wear gotten compliments on this, so I wear it. I didn't say you shouldn't be getting yeah. compliments. You look fab. It's, it's you look v- fabulous. I look like I stepped straight out of about 1989, don't I? Good night, everybody. Now I'm a believer.